We are back at it. More like I am back at it. Back from uh, sick leave. This is another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. Joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, you guys did a good job without me covering uh, Bedlam Hoops, but uh, did you miss me at all? I did. I'm glad you're back. We, we only had one pod last week. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so uh, I'm. Let's. You want to jump in? You want to go hoops? You want to go J- uh, Jim Knowles, the the great defensive mind coming from Duke to Stillwater? What What do you want to start with? Chuck Knoll or Jim Knowles? Uh, they hire <laughs> Hall of Famer? No, I mean, uh, yeah. Let's start with the defensive coordinator hire. Uh, Mike Gundy hired six coaches. Did not give them any titles on Twitter, uh, but. <laughs> We obviously all agree that Jim Knowles is going to be a defensive coordinator. So um, I don't know. I thought you wrote a really good piece about it on the blog. People didn't go check that out. And I think it's important to note, at you wrote, at this very moment, it's uninspiring. And I agree. Now, can we be wrong about that? Absolutely. Could, could this guy be the next Kirby Smart? I mean, it's doubtful. He's coached at Cornell and Duke. But uh, it's certainly possible. Uh, and look, he has a good resume. He's done a good job at Duke. He runs a four-two-five. All the numbers say that he ran a good defense. But I just—it's just an odd hire to me. The guy's from the East Coast. Been there his entire life. Has no recruiting connections in this part of the country. Has no connections at all, for that matter, in this part of the country. So it's—it's it's an interesting hire. I have a theory behind it, but I want to go ahead and let you talk about it for a sec before I get into my my uh, theory why he was hired. Yeah, people were were kind of upset with what I wrote, uh, which is fine. Like, I I welcome the disagreement. But I I guess if you are, like, if you're fired up about this hire, um, what are you what are you pointing to that you're like, yeah, that's the thing, that's it, that's what's going to get Oklahoma State to, you know, over the last five years with Glenn Spencer, Oklahoma State averages being like a top four defense in the Big Twelve. They had a couple years where they were seventh. They had one year where they were first. And then the last few years, they've been uh, around fourth. So they haven't been like people, I think, think that they're like ninth or 10th or something that they haven't been atrocious. They've been average, uh, below average at times. Um, And so I guess with Knowles, it just feels to me like another iteration of Glenn Spencer. And like you said, like I'm I might be completely wrong about that. I, I, I guess. I don't know. Like, if you're super optimistic about it and just fired up about Jim Knowles being your defensive coordinator, what exactly are you are you pointing to? Because you look at the numbers and obviously looking at points per drive. And last year Duke was, I think, 22nd in the country. It's really really good. But the seven years before that, they were 60th and 68th and 59th, and you know, kind of kind of the same slot that Oklahoma State generally occupies. Now, I guess you can say, well, if he can if he can be average at Duke, maybe he can be great at Oklahoma State. Well, maybe, but you're also facing different offenses than than you face at Duke. So I just I I don't uh yeah, I could be totally wrong. I just I'm not totally sure what the other side of the argument actually is. Well, I think the argument is you just look at the progressive improvement of the Duke defense. They were what top t- top twenty in the country in points uh, per game allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the lowest they've had since nineteen seventy seven at Duke. So he's done a good job. Like I, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I I just felt like if you're going to fire Glenn Spencer, you need to not not necessarily make a splash. I think that's overrated. Just hire someone that's going to either a be an elite recruiter. 
or B, totally re- revamp what you're doing on defense. And maybe Jim Knowles will do that. I know he runs a little bit of different stuff, a little bit more aggressive perhaps than Glenn Spencer was. But I just think it's a hire that Mike Gundy, just once again, is just saying, I'm smarter than everybody else. I'm going to hire this guy. <laughs> um, and I, I think it was it was absolutely odd to me. Last night, um, two people I, I, I know and respect from Fox 23 up in Tulsa, Heather Geller, and Jeff Kolb reached out to OSU and was like, so is Jim Knowles the defensive coordinator? What the hell is this on Twitter? And Gavin Lang gets back to him and says that, you know what? They don't have any titles yet, and it, it might be just uh, it might just be the best man wins. It might just be uh, like a battle royale among the six coaches for who gets to be the defensive coordinator. Well, that, that's, li- <laughs> that's literally what he, they were told. And they were oh, really? That. Yes. Like those, like, like those, are the, those are the words that gundy gundy sent forth like it was, about, it, it, was it, it was in the slack chat were you not paying attention yeah but the, said, the, direct direct quote from heather geller again who i know and respect works at fox 23 in tulsa apparently they are all <laughs> apparently they are basically all going to battle it out for defensive coordinator it sounds like may the odds be ever in your favor uh gundy <laughs> gundy OSU tells us Gundy has made no decision as what roles these six new coaches hires will play as of yet. Likely one will be named defensive coordinator, but as of now that hasn't happened, which that makes more sense. Like maybe they're going to get rid of a coach or two on staff currently, and they just don't want to give the guys the titles yet. But these guys didn't come to Stillwater not knowing what their job title was going to be is my point. So that that's just all nonsense. It's just, what are you, what are you talking about that all six are in the running? Like what, most of the other hires were grad assistant slash analyst guys. Just we all know Jim Knowles is the defensive coordinator. I just thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> well, and and it's sort of this is the thing I was kind of getting at this morning is that like the two things that Oklahoma State needs, and I think this was apparent last year, is a defensive coordinator that is like big time, right? Um, because the, the leap that you're making is a difficult one. You want to be the best defense, presumably, in a conference with Texas and TCU and OU, all of which have been better than you on average over the last five years. That's that's a that's a big time leap to be up there with Texas, you know. So you need a big time defensive coordinator. And and I'm with you. Like we talked about the whole kind of Dana Holgerson parallel back in 2010. It's time for Oklahoma State to make that leap. On the defensive side. Now, you can't do that to the extent that you did on offense for a number of different reasons, but I'm just not convinced this is it, you know? And so, so the other thing that they need is a special teams coach. And they hire someone who graduated in like 2014 to be an analyst for special teams. <laughs> and so you're like, well, okay, I, I guess that helps. Is Gundy still running things? Like, well, what's... What's the deal? They had the and worst. You, they had the worst special teams in like a decade. Yeah, and so it just feels like both of those things were sort of unaddressed. Like Gundy, wouldn't it have made sense to to kind of single out the defensive coordinator? Say this is our guy. We're all in. Let's do. Like it just. It doesn't feel like he's even inspired by the hire, if that makes sense. Yeah, don't it, don't you expect like a big like Gundy to tweet out like a big graphic with his defensive coordinator hire with like all his stats to the sides, like we're gonna play big time defense. No, he he lumps them in with a bunch of grad assistants. Yeah, it, the the whole thing is just it's just odd, and the people coming at me about like 
you know, you don't know what you're talking about and, and you, this is going to be proven wrong and whatever. Like you can't let the outcome of something determine whether it was a good decision in the moment. So I got this argument about Mike Boynton. Well, Mike Boynton was a great hire. Well, no, no, it wasn't. Like, even if he wins a national title in the next three years, still at the time, it was not a great hire based on the information available. You you know what I'm saying? And so, absolutely, yeah. I I just, I I don't know. People get, and do we need to let it play? What about uh, what about Jason Day? That was someone came at you about that one too. Same same deal, right? As far as you you predicting he wouldn't win this year, and then he he happened to win a tournament. Well you had reasons to predict that he wasn't going to win because it was back and other issues. So same, same I, deal. I actually said he would never win again. <laughs> okay. Maybe we should leave that one out, <laughs> but, but no, but, I mean, Mike Boynton was an uninspiring hire and he's turning out to, it's turning out like it looks like he knows what he's doing, but again, he hasn't proven he can run a program. He hasn't proven he can recruit. The jury is still out on Mike Boynton. So to say we were wrong about that, I mean, it looks like we might be, but we don't know yet. And that's the same deal with with the uh, Knowles. He might turn out, like we said, he might turn out to be Mike Gundy's greatest hire he's ever made, and he'll lift the, the national title. But uh, as of right now, <laughs> a guy from Duke who's strong in the Northeast recruiting, coming down to OSU, it's just it's bizarre. And I think it's ironic that Glenn Spencer came from Duke. <laughs> that's the most ironic part of the whole thing but but is it isn't there a difference between like evaluating whether someone is a good hire and then so you put that on one side and then predicting whether or not they're going to be good at oklahoma state like i feel like those are completely different things like this isn't this is not a based on all the information that we have again we don't have all the information but based on what we know it doesn't it doesn't it's not a great hire uh it's like it's like your sitch right Yursich ended up being yeah. a successful coach, but Gundy didn't have to go to Shippensburg to hire a coach. But with with Yursich, I think I feel like with people like him, like with hires like that, there's more of an unknown there, and so it's sort of it's sort of you, you. This is why like NBA teams draft 17 year old foreigners, right? Because of the unknown, you're like, oh wow, this guy could be something special. Like he could grow into that, and and, and with Knowles. You sort of you sort of are what you are. You're 52 years old. You've coached for the last 30 years. Like you just this is who you are. You know. Uh, I will say the one thing that that kind of stood out to me. Kyle Boone wrote a, a good piece on recruiting. He's gotten like four star guys, defensive guys, to come to Duke. To Duke, not not and to not play basketball, to play football. Uh, <laughs> he's had one uh, each in the last four recruiting classes. Uh, his first like five recruiting classes were bad, but his last four have been pretty good. So, I where don't are those know. guys? Where are those guys from? Connecticut, <laughs> Greenwich, Vermont. Uh, Kyle, let me ask you this. I mean, that's that's surprising to me because you guys did an interview with a guy who covers Duke, and he said recruiting was not one of his strong suits. <laughs> yeah, which was not which is not very inspiring. Uh, let me ask you this, and this is the, the even weirder about the hires. The 10th assistant is Greg Richmond, whom you mentioned, guy we went to college with, who we loved as a player. He's a defensive line guy. You're hiring your 10th assistant on like what is arguably your biggest strength of recruiting with Joe Bob Clements and one of your best units. And that doesn't seem like you're adding to an already a, a luxury, whereas the 10th assistant could have been a full-time special teams coach. But let me, let me ask you this. That was weird. But 
Is there any chance Joe Bob Clements going to be the defensive coordinator and Knowles will just coach like linebackers and Greg Richmond will coach defensive line? No. You don't think so? Knowles I'm just throwing is, it out there. Knowles is going to go from a power five defensive coordinator position to a position coach at a <laughs> at a tier two power five school. Hey, maybe they paid him. Maybe they doubled his salary. <laughs> I don't know what he's making at Duke, but it couldn't can't be that much. But the, the the fact that you're asking that question and it's and it's I mean it's I think the answer is sort of obvious, but it's not completely unreasonable. It speaks to this whole thing, right? Like, yeah. is it just the whole thing does not? It doesn't add up. To, I'm I, I don't know. I, I'm not like outraged about this. Like I'm not out of my mind. I just. I, it's not what I, uh, it's not what I wanted, you know? And, and I don't think it is what, th- who'd you want? Is, uh, who'd you want? the, the TCU guy. I, that's who I wanted to, but like I, who I got really excited about was the South Carolina guy. Hmm. Saban pedigree, Saban mm-hmm. pedigree from the sec seems to, seems to be more of a, kind of a brash personality, which is kind of what I would want out of a defensive coordinator. But again, Mike Gundy has a pretty good track record of hiring coaches, uh, specifically on the offensive side, less so on the defensive side. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I just, I agree with you that at this very moment, it's uninspiring, but, and if I'm Glenn Spencer too, like I got rid of, I got fired and you go and hire the defensive coordinator at Duke. Like I'd be like, what the hell? I could have done uh, that. Last year, Duke played Virginia Tech, gave up 24 points. Glenn Spencer's yeah. last game, Oklahoma State gave up 21 points to Virginia Tech. I, I know, I know that's a really cherry pick, stupid stat, but <laughs> it, it's sort of a, it sort of uh, speaks to, to what you're talking about. And um, I don't know. I mean, look, like I'm gonna get tweets in September after Oklahoma State shuts out five straight teams or whatever. <laughs> like you're an idiot and and whatever. And I'm again, I'm not predicting that Jim Knowles is gonna be bad at Oklahoma State based on. What people nationally think, I think he's actually going to be pretty good. I, I think it would be reasonable to presume that he's going to be slightly better to uh, uh, moderately better than Glenn Spencer. And again, Glenn Spencer hasn't, he's not been atrocious. He's been not great, but he's been around average. So you need to be better than that. I, I just feel like this was a critical point in Oklahoma state football history to where you as a tier two team have a, have a real opportunity over the next five or six or 10 years to jump up to that tier one. And this is not the higher I feel like that is going to get you there. That that's my take on it as of right now. I agree. Are you ready for my conspiracy theory? <laughs> I love your theories. I love. Well, it's not. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just a theory b- behind why Jim Knowles was hired. Uh, let's rewind back to the national championship game. Mike Gundy sitting across from David Cutcliffe wearing I like his, this. I already his like Duke, this. his Duke polo. Uh, and if you go back and watch that broadcast, which you you should never do, it's way too long and way too much nonsense. But you could tell Gundy and Cutcliffe were really hitting it off. Like they were the ones talking the most. Uh, Gundy kind of had a little gleam in his eye looking across the table. I think he thought to himself, man, this, this Cutcliffe guy knows what he's doing. I, I, I like him. Let me, let me, let me look up his, his, uh, his schedule. He looks up the schedule. By, by God, they only, they only gave up less than 30 points, seven, eight times. Who, who's their defense coordinator? <laughs> oh, J- Jimmy Knowles. I, I got Cutcliffe's number at the, at the, the title game viewing party. 
Let me uh, let me let me text Cutcliffe. Cutcliffe, okay. And you just texted Cutcliffe, and boom. <laughs> Said I I can offer you uh, 500k, 600k. You're making about 30k at Duke or whatever the hell you're making. Come on down. That's what that's what happened. <laughs> Does Oklahoma State get any of the uh, Duke basketball recruits in this deal for for 2019? Z- Zion Williamson's not coming to uh, Stillwater, unfortunately. That 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 I could be talked into. That that I could get on board with, but no, I you know who knows like I I just I, I don't feel like like the the feedback I've gotten online has made me feel like I'm taking an unreasonable position, and I don't I don't really feel like it's an unreasonable position to say, hey, this might work out, he might be good, but I don't really feel inspired by it in the moment. Like, why why is that such a uh, divisive take? Because for some reason, if you're not 100% pumping sunshine, people get upset for some reason. It's like, almost like they would rather you uh, just blow smoke than tell the truth. I don't. And, there, and there's, believe me, there's another website you can go check out if all you want is sunshine and rainbows and <laughs> oh, she's gonna win. Oh, she's gonna win every game. You you know where to go if you want that. So I don't know why people even waste their time commenting with that type of stuff. But but no, I mean there there are positives for sure. I don't want it to make it sound like we're just totally poo pooing the hire. There's positives. He appears to be a, a good football coach. I just my yep. concerns are: is he a fit at OSU? Can he yep. recruit in this area where he's never been? And can he handle the Big Twelve offenses? That's just something we you know. It's a totally different ball game going up against. Texas Tech than it is Virginia Tech, so I, I I wonder if he can make that jump and maybe maybe Gunny didn't have a lot of options. I, I doubt defensive coordinators are just dying to get into this league, so yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that was an issue as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, you go you back. Excuse me, you go back and look. They, they were they were good. They were really good in 2017, 2016. They uh, lost some defensive players apparently, but their last. Six game. Okay, so they give up forty to Miami, fifty six to Pitt, twenty seven to Carolina, twenty four to Virginia Tech, thirty eight to Georgia Tech, thirty five to Notre Dame, thirty four to Virginia. I mean, it's not like. And again, these are slower games. These are ACC games. It's not. It's not the Big Twelve where you're. And and this goes back to, I think Barry Trammell was, or, or maybe Robert Allen was the first one to throw out the defensive coordinator at Iowa state, he's proven he can do it in the big 12, right? Like that's sort of, isn't that kind of what you're going for? And it, rather than bringing in somebody again from Duke that, you know, I mean, you know how many teams he faced from the big 12 over his nine years at, at Duke? Zero. Two. One of them was Baylor last year who stunk. And one of them was Kansas in 2014 who stunk. So it's going to be, it's going to be pretty eye-opening, I think. Um, I don't know. I it's, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to kill Gundy for it. Like he's certainly earned many, many passes and many benefits of the doubt when it comes to hiring, uh, because of the job he's done in Stillwater. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. There's not a ton to point to to where you're like, yeah, this guy's going to be lights out in the Big Twelve. When he pitches like six shutouts and fields the uh, steel curtain Stillwater defense, uh, just just remember Glenn Spencer's first season was 2013 and it fell off a cliff after that. So yeah, so whenever he's 
the greatest defensive coach ever his first year. Let's give it time. Let's give it a couple of years, see what kind of job he does, and we'll have to see. Only time will tell. Yeah, so maybe Gundy should just bring in a new defensive coordinator every year. He brings in Spencer. His first year is lights out. Maybe this guy will be lights out. Just just start rotating him. Maybe that's the plan. Maybe they're just going to rotate defensive coordinators. That's why they didn't name a single defensive coordinator. On a per-game basis. Yeah. J- Joe Bob, you got week one. Jim- <laughs> Jimmy Knowles, you got week two. Uh, Andre Sexton, you got week three. <laughs> Andre Sexton. Now that guy, now that guy can recruit. Get him on the staff full time. Hey, I, I am, I am very intrigued by the the four four star guys that that Duke is. Kyle Boone told me that Duke recorded, uh, excuse me, recruited uh, four total four star guys in 2016. Duke, four, four of them. Oklahoma State doesn't have four in, combined in the last five years. Right, that's and that's another thing behind this hire. Like maybe maybe Knowles can get those type of guys to Stillwater, but it's like, and I know offense is different. Recruiting to the offense in the Big Twelve obviously is uh, easier, more advantageous. But you bring in a coach like Josh Henson, immediately recruiting four star guys. Uh, Casey Dunn falls out of bed and gets four star guys. Uh, why can't why can't they hire a defensive coordinator that gets guys above the level that OSU's gotten in the past? I just I don't. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just can't. I don't know, but it feels like they should. Yeah, uh, you want to do a toast? Yeah. Start for the Coop Works Toast of the Week. Coop Works bring great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. If you're next watch party tailgater, get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, I am going to, I'll go first because I got mine, but I'm going to toast uh, Greg Richmond, uh, a great addition, I think, to the staff, even if he was maybe a little unnecessary considering the job uh, Joe Bob Clements has done, but uh, talked to some people who were pretty fired up about the hire, said he brings a ton of energy, he can he can coach his ass off, is what I was told, <laughs> uh, and you know, like you said, he was a guy that was in school when we were there, uh, a really probably underrated player on the defensive side for Oklahoma state. So pretty cool for him. I think he was coaching at a small school in West Virginia the last three years. So pretty cool for him to come and get a, that's a pretty big time job uh, for only being, what is he 12 years out of school? Something like that. Uh, Maybe 15. That's a, that's a good job for him. So I will toast a, I think, I think Richmond might like the, uh, the DNR. The, the Belgian strong ale. I'll toast a DNR to Greg Richmond for uh, for coming home. Cue up the the music and uh, Greg Richmond's coming home. I'm coming home. I love it. <clears throat> I loved Greg Richmond when he was in school. Uh, I'm going on the other side of the ball. I'm going to crack open a Saturday siren. Should we call it a Should we call it a stit siren? Uh, call it stit water. Uh, yeah, I like OSU that. OSU hires a was it Bob Stitt? I already forgot his first name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bob Stitt, a innovator of offense extraordinaire, is going to be an offensive analyst. Uh, it seems to me like he might be a Mike Yursich in waiting. If if Yursich takes a head coaching job next year, you can just slide Stitt right in. And this guy's an innovator. Came up with the jet sweep. Uh, Adam Lunt's been breaking down his film ever since he was hired, and he has a few nitpicks about him. But uh, no, it's going to be cool to have him. He's kind of like a Twitter. Uh, legend twitter folklore like smart football probably retweets a stit play every other week uh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be fun uh seeing what he can kind of do with the offense gundy even said you know he's gonna 
show us a few things, show us what we're doing wrong, and he's going to help us out a lot. So I think Gundy's really made, you know, as much as we didn't like the defensive coordinator hire, I think he's been really innovative with his analyst position hires. So obviously, going and getting Josh Henson, who he had in mind for offensive line. Uh, even Van Gorder, who I guess has had like 20 jobs in 19 years. He's a total <laughs> nomad. I mean, like, that's bizarre to me. I don't know how he lives like that. But he's been pretty shrewd with his analyst hires, and this is another shrewd hire. I like it a lot. I'll toast a Stitwater Saturday siren. That's great. Uh, <laughs> you're just throwing like different, like just melding nicknames together, the Stitwater Saturday siren. Uh, the... The analyst thing is interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because essentially Oklahoma State is, it seems like, adding analysts at this point. I don't remember all the names of the, of the people they brought in that Gundy tweeted out, but not that – like they brought in more than than who left last year, right? Van Gorder's out. Uh, one of the guys went to – Kansas. Kansas. But they brought in like five others or four others. So they're they're really kind of – uh, beefing up that analyst position, which is something that you've seen at places like Georgia and Alabama, uh, and and different successful schools like that, and you know that's those are resources, that's money, that's um, you know different things that maybe Oklahoma State hasn't had in the past, and I'm interested to see just kind of how Gundy thinks that will that will help them out. But it's, I mean, Bob Stitt's a big time name to to have as an analyst, honestly. Like that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm fired up about it. Drawing up jet sweeps as we speak with Jalen McCluskey and, and Tyron. I was going to say, what's he going to do with Tyron? He's going to get him on the field, I imagine. I think I'm sure he's going to watch the game tape from this past season and said, why the hell was 13 not on the field? He's one of your best players. Yeah. I think Gundy's going to be like, well, well, Bob, he, he got out of his box a few times. We had to leave him, <laughs> leave him at home for the pit game. What would uh, – maybe Gundy traded – Cutcliffe Tyron for uh, for Knowles like what what would Cutcliffe do if he saw a guy like Tyron um he would think he's back at Tennessee <laughs> he would thought he had traveled back in time to Tennessee and he died Marcus Nash was running down the field he died and went back to peerless peerless price land <laughs> yeah he thought peerless was back <laughs> somebody sent me an email Robert Meacham said, yeah all it said was uh Somebody posted this Tyron highlight video, and of course, I clicked on it, watched the whole thing, and it was basically it was basically just like a, a shortened version of the OU game. It was like the Tulsa catch and the OU game, and that was pretty that was pretty much the whole highlight video. But it was awesome. I think was Tulsa when he when he had that ridiculous cutback and like went back the other direction. Nah, was that, that Tulsa? Was, that was OU. Tulsa was the the first drive of the season when he just went for the corner. Yeah. The OU one, that was my. I, I was actually TCU. TCU. He had a big cut that that you that you gift, I believe. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, and I think you were working and you hadn't seen it, and I tweeted it at you to try to soften the the landing for you. But um, I was thinking about as I was watching, I was thinking, what was my favorite touchdown the entire year for Oklahoma State? And I'm pretty sure it was the one against OU. Where he kind of he kind of uh, like Rudolph threw it a little bit high into the end zone, and he kind of he kind of dove and like leaped for it and 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 like came down on his back, like he he, he juked to the outside, came back inside over the middle. And oh yeah, do you remember he that was, one? He just bur- he he left Parnell Motley like in the dust <laughs> on that cut. 
<laughs> that that was my favorite touchdown of 2017. It was mine, unbelievable. You want to know what mine was? Yeah, the very the very first touchdown of 2017. Yeah, when, when he great. just when he just sunned that Tulsa dude, and we thought we thought they had acquired Odell Beckham to, <laughs> to be alongside uh, James Washington. We were you and I were were texting back and forth after that touchdown, and we had such great hopes, such great mm-hmm. aspirations and dreams, and they were just dashed all those, season. Those, those uh, texts might be a little embarrassing to go back and look at. <laughs> no, I stand by them wholeheartedly. Uh, yeah, he did the Jason Terry through the end zone, just the, the you know zoom through. Oh, it, was, it was awesome. Uh, okay, we need to we need to talk basketball. Sure, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you not excited? We haven't talked since Bedlam. No, we need to talk hoops. Um, can't win on the road. It's a little no. disappointing. They've had great chances too. Uh, I will say this, and and this was like the staple of the Travis Ford era, was just inventing ways to lose on the road. That was like the first sign that Ford couldn't coach. And while it's easy to say, well, Boynton's doing the same thing, I think it, it just looks a lot different in that I think he's coached well enough to win these games. The players just haven't made plays. He drew up a fantastic play at Tech. He drew up two lob plays that could have won the game in regulation against Oklahoma. Uh, he, he is good on the whiteboard. I'll say that. He has drawn up some excellent late-game out-of-bounds plays that have put his team in a position to win the games. They just haven't made plays, and maybe that's something that's going to happen all year. But it's been disappointing to watch. But I think Mike Boynton is getting uh, most of what he can out of this team. You just wish they could could score a little more in second halves. So that's been kind of their undoing. Yeah, I mean, you look at... I went back and looked through the stats. It's difficult because there's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of splits, first half and second half stats. But from what I could find, a lot of it is three point percentage. Oklahoma State's getting run out of the gym on three pointers in the second half. Opponents are shooting forty eight percent from three point range in the second half of games, and Oklahoma State Oklahoma State is shooting twenty three percent. And that I mean, you've played three games that are within four points or whatever it was, Kansas state, Arkansas and Texas tech. And it makes a huge difference. And to me that that screams like fatigue and lack of depth uh, because they're just, they're not defending as well in second halves. They're not shooting as well in second halves and they got to figure it out because like he said, after OU, like you're not playing in any NCAA tournament games in Gallagher, and if you don't, if you don't win on the road between now and the end of the season, you're not going to play any, 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 NCAA tournament games like it's just you're not going to make it so uh, they do have a path to get to the NCAA tournament uh, it includes beating TCU on Tuesday in Gallagher they got to win that one but I don't know I, I just they're so they're so sh- they, they just don't have any depth I mean you're playing Trey Reeves in the first half of a of a real game on Saturday no offense to him but that's not good well yeah and I think that's was the most impressive part of the game against uh, tech was that they even had a chance to win losing those two guys before the game. I mean, that's just, you're playing, a, you're throwing a walk on in the first half. Like that, that says it all. But, uh, you know, I think shine's been one of, if not their best player this year. So yeah. it was, it was encouraging. They, they kept it in it. But I, once I saw those two guys were out, I pretty much wrote off their chances to win. So that you, makes the, lo- the loss even that much harder to take. Really? You're talking about, uh, Arkansas, right? What did I say? Tech? Yeah, he said, yeah, I yeah. So. I'm in, I'm in Arkansas. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I'm still thinking about the tech loss. <laughs> spe- <laughs> yeah, speaking tech, of... With a ball hung on the rim for... Was that was that Tech or Arkansas? I, I lose track of which game's which now. I'm, I'm all tech, messed up. Tech, they got beat by five, and Arkansas, they lost. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking game. of Arkansas, yeah. yeah. Tech, they just couldn't score at the end. And the, the refs were so excited to call charges in that game. <laughs> that was one of the worst officiated games I've ever watched. And that's saying something Big 12. Did you watch that game to, at, at Lubbock? I was actually I was in Orlando traveling for uh, with CBS and we were at a Top Golf and I had it on so I was kind of watching but not really uh, so no I, I didn't I didn't really see what what you're talking about. Uh, they called I don't have the number it had to have been like seven or eight charges uh, win against OSU and, and like just like the <laughs> second, just like the second half they were just. They were like feeling the emo. They wanted that crowd pop so bad from calling a charge. They just kept doing it. It was it was a joke. Like Boy- Boyton lost his mind at one point, and he should have. Anyway, I, like Bo- I, I digress. I feel like Boynton is really even keeled for a uh, for a college basketball coach. Like he do- he doesn't really get mad. No, he he keeps his cool pretty well. Um, I like his demeanor. I like when he sheds the coat late in the second half. I do halves. too. I do too. I like that move. He's got he's got. And and we didn't talk after OU, but he's got a little, a little it factor, a little moxie. Like I went into the little swag, uh, little swag. Yeah, like I went into the OU or to the Bedlam, uh, post Bedlam press conference, and I knew it was going to be good because it was it was remember the ten and it was overtime and Trey Young had forty eight and it was just, just the whole thing was absurd. And Oklahoma State wins, and he was just uh, he was awesome. Like just the way he talked about the game and uh, he hit the right notes on his jokes. And I, it, it was, I, I mean, we talk about it all the time. He's like three years older than us. And <laughs> if you rolled me out there to a press conference like that, I would be, I mean, it's not like he's had 10 years working with the media. He, he said it in in the press conference. He's like, I bet three of you didn't know my name last year. Like he, he did, he doesn't do this and now he does. And he's pretty good at it. That's how he got the job. I mean, yeah. you, you can see in those press conferences why Mike Holder and the, those Board of Regents fell in love with the guy. He's super likable, super relatable, uh, speaks well, as you mentioned, and um, it turns out he can coach. Mike Holder must have really saw something because – and again, I don't know how Mike Holder sees his ability to draw up a la- a, an inbounds play in uh, those meetings, but uh, Boynton seems to know what he's doing. It's just a matter of, as we've said time and time again, can he recruit, can he build a program, which we'll see. But for the time being, I think he's getting as, as much as he can out of this team. Yeah, they got to figure out. I mean, they, they need – because the, the last signing period is coming up here in April or May, they got to get a point guard because you're losing Kendall Smith. Brandon Everett is is good, but he can't – I mean, you're, you're rolling him out there for 37 minutes a game. Are you going to do that all year next year? Like, that that's going to be a problem. So that's going to be interesting. And – Ironically, like that was the, the the recruiting part is the thing that I was most sure that he could do coming into the year, and and it's the one thing that he actually hasn't really hit pay dirt on yet. So I don't know. Rest of college basketball season is going to be interesting. I know you want to talk about the uniforms from the Arkansas game. Uh, I, I might give you like a ten minute stage to talk about that. So let's get to this week's uniform review. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at Chris universityspirit.com okay the floor is yours Carson oh the NCAA should ban what they wore against Arkansas they should say you guys can't wear those anymore 
Uh, and I just I hate this with any uniform where the numbers are literally not legible. You can't even read the numbers to make this to make the number the same color as the jersey is just an abomination. I, I hated them, and I thought they they actually looked cool every other aspect. I thought. If the numbers were orange, if they were white, if you could just see them at all, I thought those uniforms would look pretty cool. Because it was kind of a, it wasn't gray, but it wasn't black. It was kind of like a charcoal color. I really liked the color of the uniforms, but I just it was hard to watch. I, I couldn't stand them. I love them. I even like them with the the dark numbers. But if they had orange numbers, they would be fabulous. They would be, they would be amazing. You like numbers you can't see? You're getting well, old, Kyle. You can't even see them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, could they be better? Yeah. But I, I still like them. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about them. I just I'm, I, I enjoy them. I think they look good. I think most of the uniforms have been, have been solid. Yeah. I just I, I can't stand when numbers aren't legible. I mean, that's the yeah. number one purpose they have is that you can tell who's who. You can yeah. see what number's what. No, that's fair. I, why don't they just remember when they had the gray uniforms with the orange numbers? Yeah, in football that you couldn't see, and then they switched them to white or something. Black, I believe. So they need to do the opposite with basketball. Yeah, S- switch them from black to to orange. Yeah, because the gray in football was so much lighter that the yeah. orange was really hard to see. And in football, you're just you're naturally further away too. So yeah, true. But yeah, just mid-season, just fix those babies. I, I, I think I'm going to Stillwater tonight. I might tell, I might tell uh, Mike Boynton uh, our thoughts on the unis and what they need to do to fix them. <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Yeah, he's like, who, who are you? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he, he probably, he probably doesn't know my name because I haven't been to a game this year. It's my first time going up there. He's for like, a game. are you, are you the guy that didn't know who I was when I answered the phone? Yeah, uh, I thought you the... thought you had like a secretary, Mike. Jeez. <laughs> I thought about that the other day. I was, I just, I don't know. I was driving or something and I randomly thought of it and just started laughing. <laughs> I think about it just about every time I see Mike Boynton on TV. It's like, this is him. This is he. Uh, that's great. Hey, uh, is this, uh, is Mike Boynton there? This is he. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi. And then, and then we left it in there and he thought it was hilarious that I didn't, didn't stop you. He's like, that's messed up, man. I know. <laughs> He's cool, dude. We'll have to get him back on. Hopefully. Yeah, hey, he might be too might be too big time now. He's having a having a pretty decent first year. Um, okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and we will come back and wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one stop cowboy shop since 1986, and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise, and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, what all did we miss? Do you want to you get your 30-second uh, like Tiger take in right now? Uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, very encouraging. He didn't hit his driver well at all, which is discouraging, but he, he played, he showed aspects of his game that clearly were non-existent two years ago. The chipping and putting I thought was super encouraging. 
Yeah. He chipped and putt excellently. So if he just straightens out that driver, he could have a real shot come uh, come April, come Masters mm. time, which if, if he's even close to the cut line, I'm going to be all systems go. <laughs> wearing your wearing your red blade collar on Friday afternoon. Yeah, I might even purchase a blade collar. If you, <laughs> I refuse to do so until I saw that one he wore on, uh, I think, Friday, the black one with like the pink. Oof. That was a good-looking polo. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually made two predictions about Tiger for 2018. I said he would win. Which and Jason was, Day wasn't winning ever again. Yeah, I know. I know. It's st- it was still a, still a, you hate a fu- Jason Day. Well, I just I don't need all the injury stuff. Like just just go play. He, he is a bit of a ninny. Yeah, he, was t- he talked. All he talked about after his win was how he didn't think he was going to be able to play this week because he threw out his back. It's like I, I don't, I don't care. Like just go play. Um, with with Tiger, I said he's going to win. I said he's going to make the Ryder Cup team. That uh, seemed probably a lot crazier like a month ago when I made the prediction than it does now. I just, I think he's, I think he's going to be really good this year. I mean, he hit seventeen fairways, which is atrocious. Like, uh, Torrey Pines is difficult, but I, I feel like you could hit seventeen fairways. I don't know. Rounds. I haven't touched a club in a while, but no, it uh, was, it was super encouraging. And I think it's just a matter of, you know, can his, can his health stay up? Cause well, his back was fused was well, fusion tiger stay intact. Good so tiger. Far, though. They need a monster energy drink called fusion tiger uh, to, to bring it back around to Oklahoma state, Alex Norin, former poke lost in a playoff today. And, uh, Norin was, was awesome. I was really impressed by him. He's a, he's a, he's a European guy. He's uh, Swedish. He's played on the European tour mostly. He's won a handful of times over there. Uh, never really done it on the PGA Tour. He's splitting uh, time between the PGA Tour and European Tour this year, so he's going to play both of them. And he has a real chance to be on Europe's Ryder Cup team, which would be super interesting. He's uh, a really good guy, hard worker. And he's not, I mean, he doesn't have the most talent in the world, but uh, he was pretty impressive in the playoff. I don't know how much of it you watch, but he birdied f- three of the five, first five holes. And then he lost, then they came back on Monday and he lost on the, on the sixth hole. But it was, it was cool to see that. It was cool to see him play well and, uh, and, and go at it with day for six playoff holes. I don't remember him at OSU. I guess he graduated in 2000 or returned professional in 2005. So that would have been. My sophomore junior year, I guess. Yeah, but. it was it was when we were there. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State had a lot of those guys like Pablo Martin, who was from Spain, Norin. Like they recruit pretty well internationally. And I don't remember if he. I don't actually don't remember what all he did while he was at OSU. But he's been he's been really consistent, really solid as a pro on in Europe. Yeah, it's cool now. They're they're putting the uh, the college logos next to their names on the leaderboard. So I you saw Norin, you saw Norin up there, and then all of a sudden Kevin Tway was up there above Tiger. Hunter Mayhem, uh, Charles uh, Chucky Three Sticks, friend of the pod, was up there pretty pretty high too. So no, that's cool. Very Chucky cool. Chucky has made more at the Farmers Insurance Open over the course of his career than you and I will make in our lifetimes. Will he just like cut us a million dollar check? He's got money to burn. <laughs> legitimately he's made millions of dollars at that tournament like he he always finishes like t9 or t7 or something. well they they put him on a graphic i think since 2011 he's made like the most he's in, he's like top four or five most 
uh, either money made without a win or he's just just raking money. Some some crazy stat of how much how well he's done since 2011. He's the best. Did you see what? Uh, did you see so that ballistic missile that was allegedly headed for Hawaii? Did you see what he said about that? No. They were playing in Hawaii at the time of the Sony Open, and he was interviewed. There, there was a, people got an alert on their phones that said, "This is not a test. There's a missile headed for Hawaii," which was yeah. No, I ins- saw that. I didn't, I didn't yeah. see what Charles said. So he goes, "Well, he goes. I, get, I mean, there's a part of you that's just like, well, you know, I'm gonna go get a mai tai and get a chair and just sit on the beach and have a front row seat because what are you gonna do?" Oh my god! And I was like, well, I mean, I guess I, I think kinda... I would have got four my ties and just kept <laughs> finishing my round. If I, if I'm Charles, how don't you want to go out swinging a club? Well, it was before the round started, so they they, uh, were, having, okay. they were having breakfast. Yeah. So he got drunk before his round, and then the missile never came. <laughs> he missed the cut. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um Okay, we're talking about Charles Howe drinking Mai Tais in Hawaii. Is there anything else we need to hit on before we... No, uh, let's go. Let's wrap it up. Okay, okay. TCU tonight. Uh, you're going? Going to Stilly. Okay, enjoy it. I'm going to try to like... Uh, you know, they put the media up high, which I saw you were tweeting out videos from at Bedlam. A midweek game at TCU. I'm going to try and get to that uh, the section that kind of hangs over the court. You know, Barry Trammell wrote about it several years ago, how it's one of the most unique viewing experiences that that first tier it almost hangs over the court it's a really cool viewing experience i'm gonna try and sneak in there with my credential and see if the security guy will let me in there that's yeah. why i'm gonna try and watch it that'd be great you're not you're not part of the the chosen like seven they get to sit on the floor no those are the beat guys those are the guys who go every game so they yeah they, they, they usually put tv guys up high anyway because we're not as important apparently yeah but well enjoy it report back let me know what boynton says about the uniforms and we will talk later in the week all right sounds good see you carson